it's your host Chase back with the Wentworth CM Club podcast. Today we have a very special guest who is Jackie Fala and she is the Director of Client Services at Elaine Construction which is a certified women-run business. Thank you so much for coming on the show today Jackie. Um, We're going to jump into the first question and ask how did you find yourself in the construction industry and what's a typical day in your life as a the role of director of client services at Elaine and how does your role contribute to the construction projects? Um, thanks for having me, Chase and, and Zach and Adam. I'm really excited to be here. I, I do love construction. I often ask myself how I ended up in this industry. I thought I was going to go to law school, but I think that that was just a brief fantasy. I studied interior design for a short period of time and I was kind of floating around and I landed at an architectural firm called Tepe Associates that um, specialized in civic architecture and K through 12 schools. And I really fell in love with being there. I I didn't practice architecture. Um, I did essentially everything else that a firm needs to operate. I did for them while I was there, except for the finances. So I was the receptionist, the office manager. Um, I did a small stint in their interiors division. Um, I also worked in marketing. And then I started a pretty um, significant community outreach effort Um, And that landed me in um, the additional role of doing business development, business development and communications for them, um, which is how I hopped over to the construction side. And I was really um, hesitant, I would say, about making the move because I loved architecture and I really loved being around creative people. It was a It was an amazing environment for me and learning experience. And they really did let me do anything that interested me. I would just move from one role to to the next and I can get bored easily. So it was fascinating. Um, And I was worried that I might not like the language of construction, but I really shouldn't have been because when I tell you I found a place in this industry that makes me so proud and happy. Um, I just, I find everything from the technical language um, around how we build things um, to the people and the experiences that I have um, meeting the folks that we're building for to be just this, it's really incredible. And so I feel very, very blessed to have landed in construction as I said, it was serendipitous, but I'm glad it happened the way that it did. Um, so as it relates to my particular role, I would say it's as varied and frenetic as I just described my experience of landing in the industry. So as director of client services, I'm responsible for two main components, really business development and marketing. And I handle marketing from a very high level, um, really strategic outlook, our initiatives that we put into place, what we think we're gonna do for the year to year. And I have, um, I work with a really wonderfully talented woman, Jenny Murphy, um, who manages all of the day-to-day operations from 
getting the proposals out to putting the interview materials together. She's incredibly organized and talented and patient, something that I am not. Um, so we're lucky to have her. Um, and on the business development side, I spend a ton of my time networking. And so my days are quite long because I start with breakfast meetings around eight in the morning. Um, I often have lunch appointments and I end the evening with dinner with clients or at industry events, um, usually getting home around 8.30 or nine at night. And I do that uh, roughly three days a week. Sometimes seasonally, it can be even more than that. Um, and in between all of those activities, which really are designed to both bring visibility to Elaine Construction and what we're doing as a company, um, but also to meet new people, um, to you know, bring visibility to our existing clients and perhaps get future clients to know who we are, either through award ceremonies, um, speaking engagements where we're positioning ourselves as an expert in a particular area, um, or something like this, like a podcast where I, I happen to host a podcast for another organization called the International um, Facilities Management um, Association of Boston. And I invite um, many existing clients to come on and talk about their expertise, but also people that I hope will be clients in the future. So it's a really wonderful way to get to know people um, and to share information and resources and make connections. And that's a big part of what my role and responsibility is. Um, and again, in the midst of all of that, I'm doing all of the writing for our organization. So it doesn't matter if it's uh, um, an article that's going to be placed in an industry um, publication or it's a uh, um, specialty language for a proposal, a, a grant application, um, some of our absolutely fabulous holiday messages that um, and packages that we put together. I'm writing all of that. So my, my role is really, really varied. Um, and I would say that the way I connect that back to the project work that we do is um, I think of it like a big little farm, you know, I'm, you know, part of this ecosystem um, that helps us flourish and everybody has their different role and responsibility in making that happen. And we take seriously um, the importance of all of those individuals in, in the system, you know, it's just as important to be greeted um, by the person that's answering the phone at the front desk um, in a welcoming way to have the information that the person on the other end of the telephone needs to get available, um, to connect them to, to the right people efficiently and friendly. We're a, we're a family owned business. We're a third generation company. Um, we want you to feel like you're calling you know, a family friend when you ring Elaine Construction. And so it's just a way of saying that 
everybody has a really, really important role. And when they're firing on all cylinders, you know, our ecosystem is working at it, its highest performing levels. Yeah, Boston is um, such a close-knit community, especially with the construction industry. You know, you see the same faces over again. Like, I'm only a sophomore, and I've seen similar people repeating that you know, different events. So it's definitely true that connections and impressions are really important. And I believe that the family component about Elaine really sets you guys apart and makes you really unique. Well, thank you. Yes, I, I, I do think, um, you know, as a, again, as a third generation um, family owned and operated business with Lisa Wexler at our head, um, giving us that designation in 2007 when she became the president and her dad moved into the chairman of the board role, um, we became a, a certified women-owned business. And it's been wonderful. It's been something that we've been really proud of. And I think we're going to perhaps talk a little bit more about it um, in a, a later part of this podcast. Um, this idea of diversity and inclusion and really trying to open up our industry um, and welcome more women, um, more people of color and diverse backgrounds um, is, is critically important um, to our continued success. Um, we are so busy in this Boston area. Um, it represents a unique opportunity um, to welcome people that have not considered construction previously. Um, we need them, we're desperate for them. And we, we think that we have an environment here um, in the Boston area, in this industry to allow people to have amazing livelihoods and to feel super proud um, of the contribution they're making to the built environment. Have you noticed talking about networking and getting to meet new people, have you noticed the COVID pandemic making kind of the networking aspect of things easier uh, or more difficult? There's definitely some advantages where you can potentially meet people from further away with this great technology like Zoom where in just a few minutes, you can be talking to anyone anywhere on the planet, but it's also hard when you're not physically in person. So if you kind of notice it makes things more difficult for you or how's that worked? It's such a great question, Zach. You know, I, I connect and network practically every day of my life. And if I'm, if I'm not, I feel a little guilty about it. It's really the lifeblood of, um, of my role and my success in my role. But I also feel like it's important, particularly for young people to understand how much currency that gives you. Um, this idea that by building and growing and nurturing your network, um, that is in fact your net worth. It is how you will find all of the positions that are the most meaningful in your life. Um, and get connected to new and different um, opportunities um, that, that you might never collide with otherwise. So I, I'm a total believer in it. Um, I would say that has, has COVID and the pandemic made it more difficult? It's made it more difficult to some people and it's made it easier on others. People that have 
spent their careers going only to live networking events that had a, a pretty structured approach to networking have felt um, thrown off their game by the pandemic. But I've seen a really wonderful and interesting thing with introverts finding that the screen actually makes them feel more comfortable. And so they've really blossomed during this time and have been able to make connections that they might not otherwise have made. So I think it's, I think it's great. And I clearly, you know, I am more extroverted than the average person. And I do like going out, but I also go with a strategy. And so during this time where I've had to shift my approach to networking, I've done just that because there was no scenario where I was going to allow the pandemic to keep me from doing what I need to do on behalf of Elaine Construction. They rely on me heavily to be out there in the marketplace. And I will say that Lisa Wexler is also amazing at it. She's always coming up with new and innovative ways. So she had loved taking clients to exercise classes and doing non-conventional things. So during the pandemic, we started to do walks with clients outdoors, masked up, but getting our exercise in, being safe, being in the fresh air, but still having the, that really important point of connection. And people loved it. Now, of course, there were some people that didn't feel comfortable doing that. And we respect it entirely. Um, but more often than not, we found people really welcomed it and wanted to do it and thought it was a fantastic idea. So that was one of the approaches that, that we've taken um, during this time. Um, I've also, you know, utilize Zoom to do what we're doing right now. You know, connect with people, small groups, small discussions, important topics, trying to connect folks to resources that, that they need. Um, the, I think the, the premise on which I work as it relates to networking is give, 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 and then ask for something. So I'm always trying to think about ways in which I can help a friend, a colleague, uh, a client, um, you know, even a competitor. You never know when they're going to sit in an owner's position. People are moving constantly in the industry and everybody's a human being. So while nobody's asking you to share, to share your um, you know, industry secrets with them, um, it's really important to, you know, be friendly and, uh, and be, and be civil. And that's, that's how I operate. I like that way of thinking a lot, not just for only the construction industry, but also for life in general. It pays dividends, Adam. There's no question about it. So Elaine Construction is a uh, family and woman-run company for three generations, you said? Yes. Yeah, so we actually recently welcomed the fourth generation into the company, really? which is that's exciting. It really is exciting. Um, so two of Lisa Wexler's boys um, are now working with us. Um, they're wow. both um, in the project management staff. Um, they are amazing, and you know, 
such hard workers and we're really, really enjoying seeing this new generation in the, in the company. But we have three that's, generations that currently work with us. So that's, that's very cool. That's really crazy. You don't hear that too often. So what there, there's gotta be like an interesting story about like, like some backstory to the company, like how they, how you guys got to where you are, like the uprising of it. Absolutely. So, um, Leo Wexler, who is Lisa's grandfather. So to keep our listeners on track, um, Leo Wexler founded the company in 1947. Um, just this smart, amazing, hardworking, clever, innovative guy, you know, a real pull himself up by the boost bootstraps kind of uh, individual. He was born to Russian immigrants. You know, he, he had a hard life, but he came here and he really believed in the American dream. And he started this construction company and it was very, even back in 47, it was a really competitive environment. What really launched Leo was a project that he bid on early in his career uh, to relocate the army barracks at Camp Miles Standish in Wellesley. And he took a non-traditional approach against his competitors. These buildings were roughly 100 feet long and they were traditionally moved all in one piece. Leo figured out how to cut the buildings in half. That was his plan and move them, doing it for much less money and much faster than the competition. So even though he wasn't well known, the decision-making team loved the idea so much that they decided to give him a try. Well, lo and behold, he gets the, the buildings cut in half, no problem. He gets them on the trucks, no problem. But when they arrive at the underpass, at the old Route 128, and Needham, they discover that the building won't fit under the underpass. It was one and a half inches shorter than what it was stated on the overpass. And they had done all of the research and they had, they were absolutely ready to just squeak under it. So Leo told them, let the air out of the tires. And they let the air out. They rolled it under the underpass on the rims, refilled the tires and went on their merry way. There was no way Leo was gonna make, allow this job to fail and it didn't. And as it turns out, the architect wasn't ready for him at the site because he'd had every expectation that it wasn't going to work. And it caused one of the biggest traffic backups over two hours in the history of Wellesley at that time. So it made all of the papers and it launched Leo's career. So that was pretty, pretty amazing. And then Ken Wexler took the company over and just did such great things. I mean, again, the family owned business is so much of who we are um, and the philanthropic work the civic work, the academic work, working for healthcare institutions. Um, you know, we do banking and uh, boutique fitness, and it's just so much of who we are um, that it felt like 
a natural progression to have Lisa come into the company. And then in 2007, um, to become the president and to give the company that special designation as a woman-owned business. You know, right now, today, only 9% of the industry is made up of women. Chase, you're going to change this. Yeah, it's a shamefully low number. And it's such a great industry and people don't know about it, which is why I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast um, and helping get the word out. Um, But it is a pretty big deal that, you know, we're one of a tiny handful of construction managers that are owned and operated by a woman. And we're really, really proud of that. So when you ask me, you know, what are, what are we doing to help move that needle and support, you know, women and underrepresented uh, communities within the construction industry, we're, we're doing a lot. And we start with our internal operations naturally, working to bring more and more women into the fold. We have our own women's group at Elaine. Um, We work very strategically um, to provide them with accountability partners, um, to give them access to higher level positions and opportunities within the company. which is so important to retaining um, folks in any industry. You have to give people opportunity and they have to feel like they belong. And so we work, we work really, really hard at that. Um, but we're also going even deeper, something that I, I'm really proud of what Lisa and our um, estimating team led by um, Chris Leonard and Rupi Kerr who is in charge of our diversity and inclusion team. Um, They're doing this amazing job to reach out to underrepresented subcontracting populations and getting really creative with bidding packages um, to create scopes of work that are achievable within larger scopes of work to get them acclimated to commercial construction, to ensure that they're successful, and to train them through the process and track them throughout the process, not just leaving them to fend for themselves. Because it is, in fact, you know, you're in school, you understand how complicated um, all of the elements of putting together a successful bid is. And until you've done it, quite a few times, it, t- it takes some practice, it takes some coaching, and we want them to succeed. So we're making the investment in that coaching. So I was going to ask, um, how exactly do you overcome uh, some of the barriers of women in construction? But I think you just answered it pretty well. Not every company is kind of plugged into this, I think it's definitely a male dominated industry. And you know, some companies have some female employees, but they don't necessarily uh, kind of push it like others and especially Elaine does. Um, have you ever, has anything ever happened like where you find yourself hitting a roadblock with trying to overcome like an issue with your staff at any point, you know, with say like a subcontractor or anything like that, where f- for whatever reason, it just seems to be an issue? Well, I, I would say if I've learned anything, 
um, in construction is that there's really no project or situation that doesn't present some form of challenge. Construction's riddled with with challenges. And that is good for us because we get exercised in problem solving, right? We're like, okay, here we have this challenge and we have to figure it out, right? Everything's figure outable. So we have to ask other people that know. We apply that same kind of thinking to the challenge of bringing more women into the industry, bringing underrepresented populations into the industry, and bringing visibility to it. So if you think about the, specifically for women, if we think about what the main barriers are, it's, it's a little bit of a PR problem, right? So we know it's a male-dominated industry. People will say that, well, that the problem is it's male-dominated, but so many industries are, in fact, male-dominated. Construction's not alone in that realm. Um, but is it friendly to women in other populations? That's a, that's a question, right? And so what do we at Elaine do? We create an environment that's very friendly. Our culture is built around that idea of family, right? And how you treat your family members and what we do to support one another. And we're really, really, as I mentioned previously, steeped in this idea of philanthropy. So we tend to attract people to our organization that care about those things. They care about family, others, and their own. We care about flexibility. When we say we care about family, well, you can't care about them and not be flexible. That's the number two reason women don't enter the industry is because they think that they won't be able to take care of their family. When you provide an environment that says, sure, there are some non-negotiables, depending on your position, that you're going to have to be at this place at this time. But if we can provide an environment that allows people to work flexibly either within their day or in their week, that provides them with so much more opportunity to succeed in managing all that life throws at you. And I think we've worked very hard. Lisa Wexler has worked very, very hard to deliver that at Elaine. So that, that is something. And then it leads right into that idea of inflexible working practices. So there are aspects of the job that are inflexible, but I would argue that there's probably more opportunity to be flexible in the construction industry than in many other industries. And we're committed to working with people to craft schedules and, you know, positions that best meet whatever stage of life they are in at the time. I say that, I, you know, people have to be realistic about what that looks like because we were still running a business, but we have done it very, very well and for many, many years successfully. Um, and we keep getting more creative with it. And I think people really appreciate that. It makes for a really amazing working environment. And I think one that is very, very welcoming to people. So we love doing things together and we 
do a lot of boutique fitness facilities, as I mentioned. So if you think about places like Soul Cycle or Barry's Boot Camp or Precision Running, whatever the new fad is, we're often building those spaces. And so what we love to do, and we love to do it with our clients and our partners. So we'll rent out the space when we've completed it. And we'll invite everybody to come and do, uh, you know, whatever the fitness craze is. They'll do a special class for Elaine Construction and all of our friends. Um, and then we have, you know, a social gathering after. We'll go out for uh, some food and some and some drinks and, and catch up and, and network with everybody. That to us is super, super fun. We are also really competitive. So, and, and we love food as a company. So not now, but in pre-pandemic and I will say post-pandemic times, we'll go back to this. We run a lot of contests. So we'll have like Iron Chef contests <laughs> and we'll have cook-offs. Um, we're always doing something around food um, and around contests. So that's very much a part of who we are. Um, you know, we'll do cornhole contests. I mean, it, the, the amount of things that we are coming up with to do on a regular basis is amazing to me, mind boggling, hard to keep up with, um, but very, very fun and again, um, the consistent thread that runs through it is that we like being around one another and we enjoy, you know, competitive sport, whether that's an actual athletic activity um, or it's a, a cooking contest. I really like how it's a culture of kind of balancing work and life and networking and, you know, fitness and like self-care and all of that is just compiled into the culture of the company. So that's really nice how you and the employees are living a balanced lifestyle. Like, I think that's really important. A lot of people kind of put their eggs in one basket with one thing and like all parts of your life need to be distributed and taken care of. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And you know, we don't know everything, but we have a, a curious group among us. And I would say that you know, if somebody expresses an interest in something, we allow them to go out there and do research and present a, a proposal about what you want to do. And we actually have a wellness group that comes up with all sorts of different activities. And again, right before the pandemic, we were doing, you know, walking meetings instead of sitting in the conference room. And some people really liked that and other people didn't, you know, but we try things out and we see how it goes. And you can tell people, there are certain people that will continue to do it, whether or not it's a formalized thing, um, because they enjoy it and the others will, you know, it'll fall off for them and, and that's okay. We'll introduce, we keep introducing new and different things. Um, and we'll, we'll tie it into philanthropy. So we, we often do um, the uh, corporate cup. Um, the Boston Children's Hospital runs an amazing fundraising day um, with the most bizarre, um, often ridiculous and totally fun activities you can imagine on a relay course. And people are really, really good at it. 
I mean, really good at it. It's a, it'll, it's a lot of fun for a good cause. We've done the PMC for, I think, 35 years straight. Um, so, it, you know, you're not, we're not limited. I mean, people that come into our company aren't limited to a single thing. We have offerings and we also encourage people to bring the things that they're interested to the table and get others to participate in, in it too. So for anyone that's listening and is interested and likes of what they've heard about how Elaine operates and what kinds of things you do for your employees, if anyone's interested in doing an internship, is that something that you do or you've done in the past or? Absolutely, Zach. So uh, we have a long history of working with Wentworth and um, getting kids to come into the company at all levels. We've even had, we've even had sophomores in, and I know that that's a little bit unusual, but we like having, you know, different years, different levels of experience in the firm. Um, and we've hired people that were in the construction management program. We've hired people that were in computer science. We've hired um, kids out of the architectural program that decided that they prefer to be um, working um, on the built side. And we love Wentworth students. We encourage you all to submit your resumes to us. It's an incredible program. Um, we have loads of alumnus at our company already. So you could you can find a, both a comfortable spot at Elaine Construction and I think one that you'd find that you'd really thrive in. Is there, um, I know you have your website, Elaine.com, but is there a good place someone could uh, go to submit a resume? They could submit the resume. Um, we're working on for our 2021, we're going to have it on our um, new website. So look for that. Um, but anybody that is looking to um, have their resume looked at immediately, you can send it, send, keep it easy, send it to me. And I'll make sure Lisa and our manager of um, human resources has their eyes on it. So it's my email address is J Fallot, F as in Frank, A L L A, at Elaine, E L A I N E dot com. Great. And, uh, that sounds awesome. I think, uh, some people listening might actually be interested. And that's one thing, too, that, um, I've been looking for an internship for the summer and sometimes you email, I've emailed companies and sometimes they never reply. And uh, as a student, you know, maybe they weren't interested, but sometimes I, I just wish they'd at least say, you know, sorry, but you know, we can't right now, or we're not interested or check again in a you know couple of months, but it's glad to hear that, uh, you know, you enjoy the Wentworth interns and you have, you've had them in the past. Absolutely. We love them. I wanted to throw in, I really liked how um, Elaine got creative with um, escaping the sedentary nature of the pandemic through, you know, distanced walks and gathering, you know, outside and still connecting in a safe manner and, you know, in a non-sedentary and, you know, more personal form. I thought that was a really cool idea. 
Well, it was, it came directly from Lisa Wexler and, <laughs> and she's a big proponent of it. And I am too. And, and I'm, I'm glad you liked it. It, it's really worked out for us. So thank you all so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for um, coming on the show. We definitely appreciate it. And uh, we really like hearing from those in the uh, construction companies in the Boston area to kind of hear, you know, what's really going on and how you operate as a company. Well, great. I, you know, Elaine Construction is a, is a really special um, company and I'm proud to be associated with it and be a brand ambassador on behalf of it. And I'm glad to hear that you all were interested in learning a little bit more about who we are and how we operate. Also, just a reminder, this is the last episode of the semester or the year. And we really appreciated having Jackie on the show and we will restart our episodes in January, 2021. If anyone wants to reach out for feedback or possible episode opportunities, email us at cmclub at wit.edu. 